Hello everyone and welcome. Uh, my name is Brian, if you happen to be new, and today I'm joined by Rive Genesis. Uh, we have been covering Throne of Liberty, and this is a special week because they're doing their final test uh, behind closed doors, on location. Uh, I, I think you probably, like me, are hoping that we'll get some form of leak or some yes. information yes. Uh, dripping out of Korea. And uh, today I thought it'd be kind of great for us to sit down, kind of collab, talk about our excitement uh, for Throne of Liberty. Uh, if you guys aren't following, if you aren't subscribed to Rive, uh, I'll tag them in this video. Go check out uh, their content. Uh, does an incredible job and really been enjoying uh, your videos, by the way. So thanks so much for making time uh, with me today uh, to talk about this game. I, first question, what put this on your radar? It checks a lot of boxes for me, I would say. The open world nature, the PvP, um, a lot of the boxes are checked there. Uh, but we still, obviously, we still don't know a lot yet. So I don't know if all the boxes are checked yet. But I guess it's kind of the intrigue of not knowing, too, a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot we don't know. So, But in general, you know, the Lineage 2 kind of successor, which we haven't had a game like that in forever. Yeah. Um, so even though it's not technically a lineage two successor, but uh, see, I still think kinda... it does have that because yeah. it was being built as that, and so like th there's no way that there's not an underpinning uh, yeah. for lineage in in this game. So absolutely, so that that's one of the things we don't really get games like this anymore. So hopefully it's good. The problem is a lot of games like this open world PVP, a lot of them just aren't good <laughs> or they have bad monetization. So, and with NCSoft, you know, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Hopefully they do okay with the monetization, but we don't know yet. How do you feel about Guild Wars 2 monetization? I think it's pretty fair. I mean, I think there's some like maybe mild pay to win, but I, for me, like I'm okay with a little bit of that kind of monetization that's, you know, heavily convenience based is more what Guild Wars 2 seems like to me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a problem with it. I spent money in that guy's shop and never felt like I got a huge advantage from doing so. And part of that's because they don't really have huge vertical pro progression. This MMO, we don't know, but I assume it's going to have vertical progression or quite a bit. Um, we definitely see levels and, you know, we see gear. So who knows, but yeah, I think a good uh, blend is that it would have a, a good level of horizontal progression and a good level of vertical. When I yeah. when I struggle with certain games is when they push too hard on the verticality. Um, something yeah. like Destiny, like we know Lightfall is going to drop here uh, next week. That is going to push everybody the same vertical level. So I don't mm -hmm. I don't stress about playing that that kind of game. I focus on more of my horizontal progression personally because that's sure. something that I feel like has the better payoff of investment but verticality has an attractiveness right wow i think define that i think people when they look at their mmos they're constantly mm -hmm. looking for that next hamster wheel um but it's there's going to be a blend and to your point about like pay to win um that's actually good that's the biggest question that nobody will know and yeah it's hard to talk about that online because the the conversation online has been so cluttered with and mm -hmm. so like mired down where people will make like you know, a lot of fuss about something that is either very minor uh, and they'll do that either for attention or that for them, it's a breaking point. Like they're like, oh, I, mm -hmm. if I can't get every mount in the game yeah. and, you know, it's pay to win. It's like I, I've heard people <laughs> even label Final Fantasy that way. I've heard people just throw yeah. that label out so much that I'm like, it's hard to have that conversation because then at the same time, you'll have people come in and defend like, no, they said they'll they'll never do pay to win. It's like we're in an online world like these games 
launch and can change. So it's like, just because somebody says something doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. I think Arc Age yeah. is a great example of things going really wrong, even after like positive <laughs> reception. And then yeah. the devs trying to figure out what they, what they did. So it's this, it's this real, real, uh, it's, it is a, it is a challenge because you have a lot of people who've been burned and so, like, they're just, like, hesitant. And then that in and of itself could make it a self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't have the volume of players necessary to, like, sustain it, you know, like, what do you what do? you do? And that's where it's, yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't, honestly, I'm not worried about it because if the game's fun, I think people are going to figure out a way to justify whatever monetization uh, system they use. But if the game mm -hmm. isn't fun, then they'll use whatever that is to beat them over the head. <laughs> Absolutely. That that's the number one thing. It's gotta be a good game first. You know, if they have some mild pay to win, like you could catch up a little bit by paying. But you know, if you can buy the best gear in the game through paying, that's that's for me, that's the line, you know. I think that's the line for most people. I think like yeah. when you when you, if you would like survey the, the quiet majority of gamers, they're like, as long as somebody doesn't come in, swipe their credit card and then beat me over the head with it. Uh <laughs> you know, like, okay, fine. Yeah. But if somebody's like, Okay, guess what? You started the game five years later and you just needed a little extra help and they wanted to sell you that. Thanks for supporting the game. It's such an interesting thing. Like if the game is really good, has a good fan base at some point. Oh, yeah. Somebody came into the game and, you know, sped their leveling experience up a little bit and they spent a little money. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, the people will be like, thanks yeah. for supporting the game. Thanks for buying that mount. Thanks. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it all has to have you got to have that that core community, though. So. In terms of monetization, it's it's always, especially with MMOs, like it is a tricky, tricky subject. Yeah. The uh, beyond monetization, um, you know, we've seen like a little bit of combat. We've seen like a, a little bit of this or that. The other thing, what else uh, to you do you find specifically attractive uh, about Throne and Liberty? Um, the mostly open world, just that it's not just instance, just jumping instance to instance. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. The dynamic events is kind of an interesting mechanic. And, and for me, the weather and seasons part of that and where they mentioned kind of briefly, and it was hard to catch, but where you could basically do these dynamic events, get this spell that can change the weather and only one or two people on the server are going to have that spell at any given time. That to me is very cool <laughs> and we just not something we we've seen in, in current mmos at least um so that and it's the first mmo that's really trying to do this weather and season and day night thing at least for a while i know final fantasy 11 you know had some pretty cool weather stuff but not in a modern you know game engine and we've seen a little bit of that but a lot of these newer mmos thrown in liberty ashes of creation they're trying to do this weather and season system kind of at the extreme level. So this is the first attempt we've seen in, in Unreal Engine to, to do it. So I'm excited to see that part of it for sure. Yeah, Unreal Engine as just an introduction here is I think gonna have a have it really help give it a lot of life, uh, especially from the development side. We've seen that uh, engines that are very customized, especially in modern game development, it is a struggle because you have to train all these people up on your specific engine where unreal mm -hmm. people are like, Oh, I've worked on unreal on, on this project and this project, it makes the onboarding process so much, uh, so much easier. And it's great to see, uh, the East adopt more and more unreal engine, 
Uh, and that was namely one of the biggest struggles, the reasons why they were so behind the curve during the PS3 and Xbox 360 era was just because the documentation, the documentation mm -hmm. hadn't been fully translated. And now we're starting yeah. to see, you know, Square Enix adopt Unreal in certain projects and so much more. And I think that's going to help, uh, obviously, with this game visually. Uh, now, I've seen people talk about it as Unreal 5. I've seen people say Unreal 4. I think they're just saying yeah. Unreal right now. So it could be, you know, like, hey, we're, we're in between. Um, we don't know. Like that's, you kind of, I think knocked out of the park. Like one of the things that attracts this game to me right now is it's such a mystery right now. Mm -hmm. it, it can almost be anything. And there's a danger in that mystery. I see yeah. people speculating, you know, as, 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 you know, as, oh, the game's going to be all these amazing things. I, I hope so. I hope so. But at some point it's going to become very tangible at some point. Yeah that's what the game is guys and you know now we're ready to go do you feel um that uh with this game like with any kind of launch do you feel like hype could uh, also hurt this game because uh, people are already starting to put that label of you know yeah you know biggest yeah. mmo etc like what do you think <laughs> hype yeah that level of hype i think is damaging um especially especially you know if they do make mistakes like we've seen several times um I think it, it's certainly more damaging. I think if it had no hype and it had a few mistakes, I think people would look past those. But when you've got a high level of hype, and I think part of the reason for the hype is, is we haven't had an MMO launch in, in a while. I mean, we had New World, but since and we had Lost Ark, but then since then we haven't really had a big one for a while. So, and then before New World, it was a long time before we had. Gap. If you start to, yeah. like, there were stuff, like, but that's all forgotten pretty much now. You start to yeah. think about it, you, you remember what it was? It was Wildstar. Wildstar, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that and was... Guild Wars 2 right before that. Mm -hmm. Elder Scrolls before that. and Or before or after Guild Wars, I think, was Elder Scrolls. So, But yeah, huge gap. Now, obviously, this game, uh, based in Korea, the last one we saw was uh, Lost Ark. Uh, despite people trying to kind of knock it down, Lost Ark still continues to just pull in numbers. Uh, one of mm -hmm. the things that I feel like gave Lost Ark a benefit within any MMO launch, because I've always said it usually takes about two to three years for an MMO to really kind of mature into its mm -hmm. own, into its community to build that level of trust. Like, hey, we're not going away. We're we're still making the game. Yeah. Um, Lost Ark had all of that. It, 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 people were saying it was dead. It was failed, all this stuff in Korea. And then three years later, here it is with three years of content, lessons learned, able to push yeah. out that content to the, to the West at, at a much faster pace, at least at the start. Uh, do you feel like uh, Throne and Liberty might also have a, some kind of, not obviously years delay, but some kind of staggered release uh, here in the West? You know, it's very possible. One of the biggest concerns I have outside of monetization for for this game is that they they seem it seems like they've changed course multiple times. We we know they changed course from a top down to a third person but then i also think potentially there's been so much conflicting information with the open world pvp system with that evil deed system and i don't know which direction they're going there and it seems like at one point that was something that was always on and now maybe it's not now right. maybe there's pvp in dungeons or is it we don't know is it uh is pvp on for open world raid bosses is it not we don't we don't know and have they flip-flopped internally on some of these design design decisions i don't know um, so for me, that's, that's something that I'm definitely thinking, like if they have flip-flopped many times and now they're trying to launch and they're unclear on what direction they want to go, that could be a problem. And that's something I've seen. I think New World a little bit had that problem. Obviously they yeah. switched from Sandbox to Theme Park. 
I think actually well, they, they, creation New World didn't even start off as an MMO. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Yeah. I always like I really Survival game. enjoy yeah. New World, and it's like I go the fact that they got this from yeah. all of this different trial and error. Like I was like, this is great. I can't wait to see now that they're focused what they do over yeah. the course of the next couple of years because yes, it mm-hmm. doesn't have everything you want, but it has there's something there and whether you people like it's it's not gonna be for everybody i just continually was caught off guard and surprised by how much i actually enjoyed new world versus where my traditional rpg mmo roots are all eastern based it's all you know uh Mm -hmm. like you know japan based and especially with final fantasy 11 and and final fantasy 14 being kind of my two big hitters and so i was like oh i I didn't think this game looked good. And then I stepped in the world. I was like, holy crap. And I'm getting yeah. those same kind of vibes with, uh, with Throne of Liberty visually. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, it appeals to more my Eastern uh, style, uh, you know, aesthetics. Sure. And then you say like exactly what you said with the, like the open world, none of this instance stuff. I yeah. love open world stuff. I love it because it's always going to be changing in my mind. Right. Sure. Cause people say, Oh, you're just yeah. going to Zerg it down. You're going to send in 300 people and you're going to beat the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That happens, but mm-hmm. it, you don't know. Like sometimes I've gone in and Zerg things down in big groups and it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it's just me and a couple of buds and we got to yeah. completely change our strategy as opposed yeah. to the instance where it's like, okay, we know we've got five guys and it's always going to be the same thing. And you're going to run it a couple of times and then you're going to get bored of running it. You know, like then how do we incentivize you to go in and fight against that natural boredom that you've built in? And so I I think variety is is what actually makes things worth going into and doing on occasion. But it's not without its drawbacks, right? Like they've already announced server size 3000 to 5000. Do you think we're going to run into the same issues that we see with New World right now? Like where it's like, okay, guys, we're, you know, servers are being merged and scaling and people are trying to get in and can't. What do you think? It seems like that happens with every MMO launch. So I would assume that's what we're going to see, right? I mean, we always see that and... It, no, there's a, that's the thing. And I like, I haven't seen an, a launch that was just perfect. There, it's certainly going to be, there's going to be bugs. There's going to be things. And a lot of people are going to leave. You're going to get the launch hype. You're going to get half the people leave. And then the real key though, none of that really matters. What matters is what happens after that, right? Do they actually start to build back up like New World is doing now? Are they starting mm-hmm. to build back, grow, grow their player base? That's, that's what really matters at the end of the day. Are they improving the game? Are they listening? Are they taking the feedback and actually fixing things? That's the big thing that we, yeah. want, that we want to see. Like what kind of seasonal model ultimately does the game build in, right? And I know a lot of yeah. like hardcore old school MMOs players are like, oh, seasonal, I hate, I hate that aspect. But it's that like, okay, what's their patch schedule? What's the communication like? So it's that uh, I always kind of say that, you know, like when you look at Final Fantasy 14 as kind of this interesting, you know, you know, inflection point within the world of MMORPGs. They launched, they came back and said, hey, every three months we're putting out content. That means like, yeah, it's not like an insane amount of content, but you have maybe let's say about a month, right, of content. So you play that month and then as soon as you're done with the content, they're already talking about the next piece of content which is coming and you already have two months more to wait. They've since increased that that length and, and within that, then I think you start to see a lot more dramatic posts on the internet and on social media, a lot more frustration and a lot more like you know infighting and naturally because all of a sudden you have to now wait longer right so whatever like Mm -hmm. even if as long as it's a cadence i think somebody was uh trying to say like that 
understanding the cadence, you know, is, is an important thing. And I, and I do agree. Like it's that once you've established that you can deliver on, you know, whatever it is, like whether it's every three months, four months, whether it's six months, as long as it's communicated and it's, it's expected and then you deliver, I think people can kind of get behind that. Cause for me, I, I don't know about like your gaming history. We could probably talk a little bit about that for everybody listening. Cause I think that usually kind of helps to understand the yeah. gamer's opinion. But like mm-hmm. I checked back in with destiny. I play destiny probably that three months out of the year. And I usually, it's like, okay, I play the, the last season and then I play yeah. the expansion and then I'm burned out. And then I'll see you guys for the last season. Yeah. And then the expansion. I don't know with the changes they bring in the lightfall, if that's going to be something that really just hooks me. I hope it does because I, I always enjoy my every play session I have, but whenever I start getting and get feeling burned out, I just take breaks. So to your point, like what do you feel would be perhaps? Yeah. That. Oh, you're good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Let's, let's rock out. Uh, what would you feel like would be a good cadence uh, for Throne of Liberty? You're a content creator as well. So let's take that into, uh, into effect. Uh, what's the right cadence for you? Like, what do you feel like is a uh, achievable, enjoyable, and it obviously was scale, right? Like if you come out with a piece of content once a year, you would expect it to be kind of a a meteor chunk of content. What do you think? I think it's going to depend on how much of that horizontal progression is in place, you know, because horizontal progression keeps you busy a lot longer. Um, So if we have a lot of that, if there's a lot of content at launch, which you know, often we see there's not enough content at launch just because people min-max things so aggressively, and I'm guilty of that myself at times, but it's it's going to depend on that. At launch, you know, obviously, I think the, the, the main thing at launch is fixing major game-breaking bugs first, and then after that, they can hopefully settle into a cadence, a content cadence rhythm. I, three months would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I think if they could do something, if they could pull that off, and with, I mean, the size of that company, I think I think it's reasonable to maybe say they could do that. I'd be okay with six months as well, but I think three months is kind of the perfect amount, I would say. Gives you time to experience the current content and and look forward to something new. I think it also would tie into if they go like a battle pass route in terms of like their their content. It gives you plenty of time to to work on that and then essentially kind of tie it into the whatever, you know, is to come after that because then it's like, okay, here's the new update, here's the new content, and then you can choose to to engage i do feel like that like when you start to look at some of the bigger games you know like uh you know like fortnite obviously like yeah it's like you have that they're always in your feed some way shape or form there's always some news to talk about and then at the same time then you hear about the development hell (laughs) that they're going out to trying to churn that out like three months goes by pretty fast when you're when you're trying to build and, and code and test and all that, all that awesome stuff. Now, uh, recently, uh, you posted like on, uh, you know, like various different images and screenshots. Uh, like that was something that came across uh, my feed in terms of the skills. Like in terms of combat itself, tab targeting, action MMO, the skills that they're presenting. Um, how, how do you, how do you feel about the what we know about the current state of combat? Do you feel like it's going to be engaging? Um, what do you think? I feel to me it looks similar to Guild Wars 2, which I I feel is a tab yeah. system that that's got a hybrid action feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, it's hard to say based on three or four you know skills or maybe six or seven, whatever it is. But it's yeah, it's to me I I think it's pretty good. I, I don't mind tab. I personally don't mind tab, and I don't mind action either. I don't have a problem either way as long the combat just has to be good. Um, I don't think tab is less skilled than action necessarily. I think. 
With tab, you can do more complex skills, more complex rotations, and I think it makes large-scale combat easier as well, especially in PvP. I think it's hard to make action work in large-scale PvP, and in large-scale PvE, for that matter. So I like the direction of combat, and that's part of the reason I'm pretty interested in this game. I, I think it, it reminds me of Guild Wars 2, and I really like that combat system. So, Yeah, I, I hope that it is a little bit of a hybrid, because we like not a lot of skills on the bar right you don't need to have endless amounts of skills and rotation um but then we also know weather will have an impact day and night might have an impact with like you know uh the evil deeds kind of system you know in that regards yeah. where it's like it's nighttime doesn't count date like daytime you know okay gotta yeah. be careful yeah. um and so how do you feel about that do you think that's going to be something where you min maxers end up getting annoyed or players end up being annoyed by it or do you think that's just going to add more to kind of the Oh, that's just the way the game is. Yeah, we see so many systems like that that on paper sound amazing, and then they're just an afterthought. You know, when people get into the game, they just don't even think about it. They're just cast their spells, and it doesn't make a huge impact. Um, so it's going to depend how big the impact is. I know in one of the interviews they mentioned that they kind of had to tone it down because the impact was too high. So in one of the previous alphas, they toned it down. So now it could be a fairly small impact. So maybe people won't even really care too much about it. I know that one skill, the lightning chain, if it's bouncing to three different targets instead of one, that's a pretty big impact. So some yeah. of the skills I think might be heavily impacted. So I think then it becomes meaningful and people have to plan around it. Yeah. I wonder how that's going to also impact, especially with the skills, that you're like, okay, well, it's not raining. I this is going to be the the boost. Do we? Is it easy to swap on the fly? Is it something that's comfortable to jump in and out of, or does it end up being like right now in like New World and even in Destiny, it's such a pain to change my build that I just don't like. It's like, okay, yeah. this is what I'm on. Unless it becomes a real issue, am I gonna bother with this? Like, no, I'm right. I'm fishing today. I'm in my fishing gear. All right, I need to run over here. I ain't changing. I'm just gonna run in yeah. my fishing gear. I'm not gonna stress about it. And then, like in uh, same thing with Destiny, I'm just like, all right, like this is what I have. It, it's good enough, you know. Yeah. But if they can have that kind of system where it's like, cool, because oh, it's raining. Definitely want to make sure I'm rocking the lightning stuff today. Oh, not yeah. raining. Okay, well, I mean, what what can I take? How can I take advantage of the situation? And is it easy yeah. to do so? Because then it could be kind of fun because build crafting, I think, is one of the things modern MMOs, not all of them, but in my, you know, my lexicon have seemed to kind of get away from in favor of the almighty and ever living balance that never is achieved. And so sure. I'm excited that it, I'm excited for that chaos, right? Like I'm excited yeah. that there's like options. How do you feel about um, the classless based system that, uh, that, that we do know that that is a classless system, right? What do you think about it? I like it because I'm not a big alt guy. So I'd rather just be able to do everything on one character. I, I like it. I like the way New World did it. I like the way Final Fantasy does it. Um, for me, that's another thing that is a big check in my, in my favor. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's uh, what's more like kind of MMOs have you been have you played and what is kind of like your game time history going into Throne of Liberty? I started like many, many people did with WoW in 2004. Um, I played the Alpha a little bit before that. I was playing RTSs mostly before okay. that, mm -hmm. uh, Warcraft 3. And I remember hearing about World of Warcraft while I was playing Warcraft 3 and got into the Alpha, played it, enjoyed it. 
uh, or World of Warcraft and enjoyed it. And I was just hooked on MMOs ever since then. I had kind of dabbled with EverQuest and kind of dabbled with some of the others, but uh, to me, they didn't really hook me. It was a while that hooked me in. And uh, since then, I've just been hooked and played pretty much every MMO that's come out in the last at least 15 years. I was hooked on WoW and through like Cataclysm maybe. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I started branching out. I got big into Guild Wars 2 for a while. Little bit of Elder Scrolls, but not too much. New World I played quite a bit recently. I didn't really play much Lost Ark. Um, Arc Age back in the day I really enjoyed. I definitely enjoy Arc Age and those style games. Mm -hmm. I think I would have enjoyed Lineage too, but I didn't play it much. Um, I, I, I long for a good open world game. Um, and I think this might be the one. We'll see. Um, maybe it's Ashes of Creation. Maybe mm. it's some other MMO. We don't know. But hopefully we at least have some on the horizon now. Now, Ashes is an interesting uh, topic because uh, that is a tab target and a hybrid action MMO. And when they showed that off, originally I was like, oh, well, I was, I don't know why, but I was thinking that the next generation of MMOs really is going to be more that action combat and yeah. tab target has its strengths, right? Like we know that this, uh, the throne of Liberty is console based. It's also streamed your mobile phone. Like there's an, a, there's definitely a benefit in terms of accessibility and scale that they're going to bring with this kind of system itself. How do you then, how do you look at Ash as a creation though? Like, do you feel like that game in and of itself is, uh, is going to be the next big great MMO or do you feel like people are already starting to burn out of this game because it's yeah. it's still got a long way to go like right i yeah. remember somebody I, told me it was coming out in 2020 i was like you're nuts <laughs> <laughs> that was what they said in their kickstarter and it's like you know at the time they had 20 employees in 2017 when they said that and it's like who made that call that you're going to have this game out in 3 years they I mean, Steven apparently did not know that it takes a lot longer to make an MMO and a lot more people. So for me, it's, I don't think it's the next big MMO. I think it's potentially the next MMO that a lot of people have been waiting for, but not mainstream MMO players. I don't think mainstream MMO players, your WoW and your Final Fantasy players, I don't think they're really waiting for it. I think it's the Arc Age players, the Lineage players. Um, Dark Age of Camelot, maybe a little bit. Those type of games, mm -hmm. Warhammer Online. It's those kind of games that we haven't really seen for a while. I think that's the niche. I think it. I think it is more niche. Um, I think the right MMO is the like next. Two different pathways yeah. of MMO. Like, okay, yeah. if you start here, you're most likely going to fall into this camp. And yeah, yeah, like you would say that more PvP centric MMOs tend to have a smaller community, yeah. but a more engaged and excited one where. Like PVE, nothing wrong with like the pure PVE MMO, but even, mm -hmm. you know, even we've seen WoW lean more into its PVE, Final Fantasy, even New World to a degree, leaning more and sure. more into its PVE to the frustration of PVP players. Like uh, they say it's on the roadmap, but it's nowhere listed on the roadmap. So we're like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Um, you know, so that's an interesting perspective because you have grouped how I think of these two kind of different yeah. styled MMOs, more, more sandbox, you know, my hope is more sandbox. Not that you can't yeah. have theme park. Theme park has a space. Have you uh, been following Pantheon at all? A little bit. Yeah, I've. Um, I know a few content creators there. Basgrim, I've talked to him a few times. Um, yeah, it's it's for me since I'm more into PvP. I'm not super interested in Pantheon, but I'm rooting for it. I want it to succeed. I want all these new MMOs to succeed because I think it's what's best for the genre. And I think 
there is that core of players. It's definitely niche, but there's that core of players that want that EverQuest style MMO. And, you know, some of the things that they have mentioned for that MMO are very interesting to me, especially some of the dungeon concepts I've seen. So I hope for the best. I'll be probably playing it when it comes out. And uh, we need more MMOs for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see because I felt like MMOs have really struggled from a business model perspective because we clearly see that people aren't going to be subbed to multiple MMOs at the same time unless they're an insane content creator who just plays that for their livelihood and where that that's like okay that makes sense that you can do that but the business does not the market cannot seem to bear that and then when you have services like game pass that like basically are the theme park mmo like oh you want a game of you want to play a game of any genre like here you go and it's the same price and all of a sudden it's like i think that in and of itself when people start evaluating their subscription fatigue like at some point something has to has to give and that makes it hard for new ideas and new mmos to succeed when the mmo players you know overall like not everybody but overall don't tend to support like the like the new guy because they don't have the content of the community and the things they wanted and so we've seen the the original push to free to play but now, you know, kind of a hybrid free-to-play or buy-to-play Guild Wars 2 being a, an example that of a game that's still persisting online today, um, you know, having no subscription, but then sometimes looking at that as maybe like, well, maybe that's why we don't get consistent updates for Guild Wars. And it looks like they're actually starting to get ready to change that. So I could see that, um, you know, a lot of things coming down the pipeline due to new monetization strategies. And that's where hmm. I think one of the, like, like that's the, start of the video today like was us talking about monetization of the fear for pay to win what kind of monetization outside of like you know no pay to win what kind of monetization would you really want to see with throne and liberty i i kind of prefer just a sub and just give me everything um i kind of prefer that Mm -hmm. um but i understand in the modern era it's, it's really hard to do uh it's a huge barrier and you'll have a you will have a bigger player base without question if you go free to play so that's the big just juxtaposition there. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't, basically. And uh, I would prefer a sub, but I know that's probably not what's going to be because I don't think NCSoft usually does that with their MMOs. Um, as long as I, if as long as it's cosmetics and the cosmetics don't have benefits, like huge benefits, or it has some pay to win but not massive pay to win, I'm okay with it. Would you support like a battle pass style system? Yeah, I don't have a problem with those typically. I know a lot of people do, but I, I personally don't have a huge problem. Like the way ESO does it or some of these games, I think is I think it's fair. ESO I mean, has like the optional sub, right? Yeah, it's an optional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh yeah, I feel like the battle pass has become the optional sub, like in some cases. My yeah. hope is and it sucks that Halo Infinity has struggled so badly. But they yeah. have the 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 battle pass that doesn't expire. So if you buy it you can equip it and you can grind on that um, that track, which I was like, that would be perfect for me as an MMO player. That'd be perfect from imagine, you know, it's uh, Throne of Liberty's out for three years and you're like, hey, I'm just I'm thinking about checking out Throne of Liberty. You know, oh, it's free or whatever the model ends up being. Oh, and you could buy all the past battle passes to grind on for this one low price of whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is, you know, like you just you come in late and all of a sudden you have all of this stuff that you can work on on your own time and then oh a new battle pass is out oh it's not going to expire no artificial based fomo okay cool yeah. you know and then finding ways that it's like 
you know, maybe making the current season that people are grinding on the, uh, you know, the thing that, that moves along faster. And if you're ever leveling up like a, you know, a non-active, you know, the non-current season, maybe it's a little bit slower grind, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. they sell you a couple of tiers. I don't care um, at that point, but it's something that I think would be, I would love to see the, an MMO attempt that and deliver yeah, that. Kind of like how Guild Wars 2 does with their yeah. seasons. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, I think for the vast majority of people that 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 might work out well, and you know who knows, breathe new life. We know that you know Blue Protocol uh, that's going to have a battle pass, and so it seems like the more we hear about these things, uh, the more uh, you know interesting, or at least from a market study perspective, I kind of find mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be pretty interesting. Um, overall, like we know the game will have controller support. Like that's kind of my big thing. <laughs> like I like to be able to yeah. relax and play these yeah. games. Um, we know it's going to be console. Do you have any worries or fears about crossplay, cross save uh, with this uh, with Throne of Liberty? From what I understand, they're, they're saying there's not crossplay, but I could see eventually them wanting to integrate that because um, I think obviously that that helps connect everybody together and, and grow your community. But you know, I think PC often has an advantage when you do that, and that's part of the reason devs don't do that mm-hmm. is, you know, so the console players are not disadvantaged. Um, so no real worries with that. I think they'll probably just keep them separate, um, and I think it's good for the growth of an MMO to have console support for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's something that's going to end up when we look back. I, I do think that it's possible we see World of Warcraft 11.0 actually release on consoles, because they've been yeah. adding more and more controller support into their like core experience. We know controller support's coming to New World. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like as more and more the genre develops, I think that opens it up to a whole new market of potential uh, for people to play. And even if it doesn't support like cross play, like I like the idea of I would hope for cross save at a minimum because like I don't want to start a new character on every platform. That's the thing that actually keeps me from going back and playing ESO is that people are like, oh yeah, like ESO. You know, you can, you can play it on PC and it's like, yeah, my character's on Xbox and it's yeah. like, okay, can you just figure it out yeah. guys? Cause I don't want to start over. Like I, I'm not going to like, and so that's one mm-hmm. of the reasons why I'm like, all right, new stuff coming out. Ah, oh, yeah. We're not playing it on console right now. It's like, okay. And then, <laughs> and that flexibility is something I don't know why, but for me and my life choices, like flexibility where I can play ends up meaning the biggest difference. So my personal hope even though they have uh, NCSoft has purple, which is like their streaming service. And they talked about it coming to mobile. My personal hope is that for the Western release that GeForce now or something like that supported because like having that ability to play like at home on my non gaming machines, like that, yeah. that is a huge, that is the game. That is the game changer for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that would be great. I'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. The um, in terms of the game itself, cause like we were just kind of hanging out talking in discord and we're like, yeah, let's film this. Yeah. Uh, what other thoughts? So, like, any anything I haven't we haven't talked about yet that you that you're interested or uh, that you would like to share or talk about now? Uh, I would say that the player transformations and then the multi level dungeons I think are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen in a while, at least at least in a while, we haven't seen something like that. That's to me, that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, I think that's that's the main thing. I think just like I said, the open world. And it's just something different, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 have a lot of our MMOs are all pretty similar. Um, New World did some different things. Lost Ark is certainly different in, some, in certain ways, but a lot of MMOs are just WoW, very similar to WoW. So yeah. And I love WoW. I I love WoW. I still play a little bit of WoW here and there, but 
I do. I just, we all want something different, I think. So that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. It's, it's how do you deliver the knowledge of wow. And at the same time, something that's not wow. And that's yeah. the challenge I feel like these games face. Cause I, I define wow as a language that a lot of mm -hmm. people learned the MMO in the language of world of Warcraft. And so when your game doesn't speak that language, it becomes yeah. like an extra barrier for somebody to try and jump in and play and consume it. But if it's just like the thing they, you know, like they came from, you're like, wait, why do I want to be over here doing the same thing that I was doing? So it's got to speak the language, but yet be fundamentally um, attractive in a, in, in a different way, in an exciting way. And I do think the open world has that that advantage. I think that's the that's the advantage that New World has with a lot of its open world content. Um, I think mm -hmm. they could definitely do a better job. And it sounds like some of the summer stuff, you know, might end up doing that where like my my thing is like if you're going to add an instance raid have an open world version like raid like yeah. you know it's fine to have like instance content there's 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 sure. a market for that there's a challenge for that like okay cool you have that right don't neglect the other one and same thing like if you're gonna have all these open world raids like yeah if somebody wants a more curated experience a more curated challenge yeah maybe like maybe build that too and then that way both systems can start to benefit from each other because you'll get the uh, the raid UI, you know, that's going to be coming this summer with the new world itself. And I think the controller support, I think is going to be one of the big things for me. Cause like comfort is weird as it is like to be able to kick back and relax and to get sweaty, to have that ability to kind of go between like hardcore, like playing. And then it's like, okay, I'm yeah. just going to kind of chill today. Um, that's one of the things I haven't actually like, it's a big, a good question kind of to wrap up the video itself. Cause what have they like what mysteries are out there that you want to know more about like to answer it briefly to give you an idea of what i'm thinking is that i want to know about crafting and gathering in the economy like i'd love to hear more about what those systems are you know detailing like but what it would be for you yeah i crafting gathering is a big one for me because we have heard nothing about that but for <laughs> me it's the pvp just some clarification on that okay um that that's the biggest thing because i mean that's obviously could be a game breaker for the game if 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 the pvp is too restrictive in terms of people are getting ganked left and right even though i don't mind that but a lot of people i know that doesn't work you know in mmos so that's probably the biggest thing i think when people get into it and i think it actually their their fear gets lessened it's a, i think it's a hurdle people have to get over like oh people mm -hmm. are just going to be ganking me all the time and there are people like that. And then as long yeah. as there's like a system in place that you're like, all right, like I'm going to avoid that guy. But you find that it's actually more thrilling, you know, like, yeah, okay. You get set back. You, there's some disadvantages, but you start to feel like, oh, wow. Like this is a feeling I don't feel all the time. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're like, okay, yeah, you want that safe experience. It changes how you want to play. And then you can choose to then, you know, like the freedom mm -hmm. in and of itself, I think is what, you know, is important, but you're right. Like it is this, okay, am I going to get on? And I just want to relax today. Like you think more in that relaxed mindset. And sometimes, you, you know, you want to be able to get on and just enjoy yourself and not worry about it. So you're, you're right. PVP, that becomes, I think a marketing problem, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that becomes some where it's like, listen, it's not as bad as you think it is. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, here's the rules. Like if the rules can be very clear, like it's like, okay, you don't go into this zone. Like as long as you like, you mm -hmm. avoid this, 
and then you're not punished for for avoiding that. There's just other alternate routes that you can take. They might they might be longer, right? Like, oh, to get to your destination, you, you want to go, if you're a PvP flagged, there's benefits, there's bonuses, there's reasons why you want to do yeah. it. It adds also to your level of excitement. But then if you're like, yeah, I just had a hard day at work and I don't feel like yeah. having somebody just kind of trying to ruin my, my, my downtime. Okay, yeah, you're going to run a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> cool. Like, I, I can deal yeah. with that tonight, you know. Something yeah, like, like yeah. that nature. The um, where can people find you? What kind of content are are you planning for your channel for the next couple of weeks? I am Rive Genesis on YouTube is my main location. I'm Rive Genesis on Twitter. Um, that's really the only places I'm super active. I'm I have a Discord linked in all my videos. Other than that, that's the main thing. My plan is to cover Throne and Liberty if we get any information at all. I'm working on a video right now. There's some Russian leaks that came out several months ago that I'm going to go through. I finally got a good source for those. So I'm going to go through that. But the problem is they're from very long time ago and actually from the top down version. So not really great information, but I'm going to go through it real quick. It'd be interesting to see the timeline, you know, in that regard, yeah. you know, for sure. Yep. And then and uh, I yeah. do cover Ashes of Creation. And I've also been covering the right MMO. I'm kind of, I guess, a channel that covers unreleased MMOs right now, <laughs> <laughs> which is very challenging. I, I, it's definitely challenging, but with Throne and Liberty picking up the hype a little bit, you know, Ashes of Creation's hype has been dying, which I think is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's um, got like, it needs to come down. And then essentially, yeah. cause I think hype will like, even like hype for, for Ashes feels like it's a curse because how people have described it. Like, even if the yeah. game was a 10 out of 10, it's not a 20 out of 10 and therefore they're going to be pissed. And yeah. as what I've always described it as, is that as the MMO, that's more ethereal, it's it means that people imagine the perfect MMO in their minds. And the more that it becomes like actual, a tangible product, the more it clashes against people's own imagination. And I think that's why Throne and Liberty for me is such an interesting, interesting game because for me, I wasn't following it when it was the previous lineage thing. And all of a sudden it's mm -hmm. like, okay, this is what's happening. Okay. That's cool. Okay. Now they're doing the fight. Like all of a sudden it's like, I, there's so much that I can dive into and explore. And I don't have these expectations of this game that I've been following for 10 years or however long through its process. And then now it's looking very tangible. And so it's like, well, like, let's actually see what kind of game this really is. And when it comes in terms of like, the thing that we do that is annoying to me as content creators, but you, if you want to make content, you got to learn about it is that the game is still vastly a mystery. You know, mm -hmm. there isn't, you know, like it isn't a solved game. Uh, and if they can keep it that way at the same time, deliver a good game, because the other fear that people have is like, they're hiding stuff. They're, they're hiding yeah. it. And if the game sucks, that becomes the narrative. See, they hit it. They didn't want us to know it was a bad mm -hmm. game. And now it's a bad game. Um, but if the game is really good, then it actually will be very exciting because like you and me will be experiencing it along with everybody for the first time. And it isn't like mm -hmm. there's a thousand guides and eventually that all gets rolled out. Eventually, you know, we make our content, we make our guides because that's what, you know, people want. And yeah. then, you know, it's like, then it becomes a solved game, et cetera. But it's the, it is kind of this nice thing that if they can, if they can thread the needle, not make it pay to win we might see something truly like that doesn't happen that often. Yep. And that's something to be excited about for sure. So Rive Genesis on Twitter and on, uh, on YouTube, um, do you stream at all? Or are you just kind of making some videos off and on mostly on my YouTube channel? So 
Well, great guys. Uh, be sure to go follow Rive uh, on, on the channel. Links are all in the description. Uh, dude, thanks so much for joining me uh, for yeah. this chat. Like I was just like, I, I, I want to talk more about Throne of Liberty. <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay. And, and, and like, by the time this video goes up, the, the, you know, the, the focus test, the final test is going on. So guys, be sure to check uh, back out, you know, any, uh, anything and check out the, his future video that should be dropping at some point. I'll say soon, yeah, but yeah, you know, it like, gets yeah. a passion project for sure. Anyway, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this chat. Hopefully uh, you have a fantastic day and hopefully we'll see you in the future. But until then, I'll let you sign off. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> awesome. Awesome.